Real Fun DC. Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Uh, I want to thank you all for joining me again for uh, this particular episode. We have a lot going on. So for those of you who are joining Industry Night for the first time, let me introduce myself. I've been covering the DC food and wine scene for over 18 years, and it has been um, a passion and a profession that I get to combine, and I am grateful for it every single day. Uh, you may hear me on WTOP Radio, where I normally do roundups and trend reports for them about what's going on in the hospitality scene. Also, there's Foodie and the Beast, my 12-year-old radio show on WTOP sister station, 1500. I do that show with my husband, David. I am the foodie, obviously. He is the beast. Uh, but it is a food and wine variety show, and we knock that out every Sunday. I hope you're following me on social at N-Y-C-C-I, N-E-L-L-I-S, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, where I show you all the things I'm eating, some of the things I'm wearing, and what else is going on in the DC area, or on my travels, which, yay! I am starting to travel again. Um, and lastly, where it all started, the list, are you on it.com, an online e-zine that lists every food and wine event going on in the DC metro area, and so much more. So, are you dining out yet? because if you're vaccinated or you feel comfortable eating outside, restaurants are in, in it. They are ready to serve you. So please get on out there. And there are so many new restaurants opening. This week, The Point has just opened up, as has the brand new Lyle with Chef Nick Sharp, and the Donahue just opened in Georgetown. Now, if you want to stay up to date for all the openings, you can find them in the opening section of the list, areyouonit.com. Coming soon keeps you up to date. If you're like, hey, when is uh, Dauphine's opening or when is Jane Jane opening? The latest and greatest on all those restaurants is there. We update them every week. Now, I did stop at Moon Rabbit on Sunday, Kevin Tien's restaurant. He was a guest last week talking about his chef stopping um, AAPI hate dinners that he is doing. Uh, so we came to pick up our dinner because we were totally participating in that charity. But we also sat down and had some snacks on the wharf first. And if you have not checked out what Kevin is doing at Mune Rabbit, you need to go and check it out as soon as possible. Also, don't forget, it's Earth Day and celebrations are rampant in the DC area. We have every event that's happening. Mother's Day, so don't disappoint your mom or your surrogate mom. I mean, to me, I mean, I'm a mother, I'm a sister, I'm a daughter, I'm an aunt, um, I'm a stepmother. So to me, it's Mother's Day is about all the women who you feel that nurture you, and they should all be celebrated. Uh, and you know, uh, this area is going to kill it when it comes to brunches, lunches, or dinners, whether you choose to do it at home uh, or at a place of business. So we have the list of what everybody is doing. Um, and as I always say, um, support your restaurants. While the light is really getting brighter at the end of the tunnel, we wanna make sure that uh, small independent restaurants and retailers are getting our full support. And it's no surprise restaurants are supporting um, incredible important causes, even during a time when they're all struggling. 
So I mentioned earlier, Kevin Tian and Tim Ma have their Chef Stopping AAPI Hate Dinners. They go through the end of April. Chef Danny Lee and his team at Anju are doing a dinner for Embrace Race, uh, which I'm actually going to and I'm very excited about. And Mike Rafiti just launched a multi-month long series with chefs from around the country uh, to raise funds for Embrace Race as well. And Embrace Race, if you're not familiar with it, is this amazing group that seeks to end hate and racism with programming through children workshops. Um, and we're going to be having uh, the people from Embrace Race on the show next week. I'm very excited. Okay, so that's all me. Now it's time to talk about today's show. So thanks to Eric Bruner Yang, who, if you listen to the show regularly, you know you should just drink once I say his name because he's mentioned on every single show. Um, he put me in touch with the team behind the gift shop. He just thought what they were doing was so amazing. And he has a partnership with me. And he said, Nick, I'd like you to feature them for the month. And that's what I did. And I got introduced to Gary Williams, who was on Foodie and the Beast uh, last week. And he really explained what was going on with the gift shop, uh, which is down in the Union Market District. And we only got to the tip of the iceberg. So I am so excited because I have a whole panel today, uh, uh, Taman George, who is co-founder and CEO of the Creative Theory Agency with uh, Gary Williams. Uh, they launched the gift shop in the Union uh, Union Market District. It is really DC's first retailer for discovering, appreciating, and shopping Black-owned lifestyle and home good brands. And I have makers on the show with me today. We also have Wale Akimbiyi and Thomas Davis of Rivers is Wild. I also have uh, Destiny Sweetie Durant of Destiny Cachet and Tyler Salmon of Cadence Candle Co. Uh, really excited to learn about all of their business models, what they're doing and how uh, they are executing it and working with the gift shop. So we're gonna get to them in a second. But first, as we do every other week, I got Kathy Hollinger here with me. Kathy, can you unmute yourself please? and tell me about what is happening right now with restaurants and our whole pandemic. Yes, thanks for having me on the show, Nick. And I'm mm -hmm. uh, so excited to do my Mother's Day shopping at the gift shop. So I wanna hear more about that as well. So cool. what is happening in our industry? Oh my goodness. Um, I think really, Nick, right now, what we're seeing is that, you know, as a region, DC, Virginia, and Maryland, you know, Things are slowly starting to reopen. Um, however, we're not necessarily seeing that in DC. You know, we have a map that we do and we share with the mayor on a weekly basis that shows everything that's happening all around the country in cities and states, particularly cities that are similar to ours, as it looks at reopening, lifting restrictions. The reality, folks, is that we are very, 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 very last in the country in taking steps forward. And while I really appreciate her leadership and being incredibly cautious and thoughtful as we had to work through the pandemic, we got to take steps forward. I think people need to see that, see it led by her. Um, we are at 25% indoor dining capacity in DC. Everywhere else around us is 50, 75, or 100. While mm -hmm. I am not suggesting 100, I am suggesting that we cannot necessarily lag behind. We have to have a more coordinated effort as what we see around the region. 
But what do you think? What's the holdback, Kathy? I mean, what do you think the issue is? You know, um, I I asked myself that and I asked the city that every single day. I think that, you know, one big talking point can be that they say that we are in a place with our numbers for a reason. Like we are holding steady because we are only at 25% occupancy. But mm. the reality is that, you know, we took step back, steps back going into the winter holiday. We never took steps forward coming out of the winter holiday. People are getting vaccinated. They want more vaccinations rolling out. They want mm -hmm. more people registering to vaccinate. But at some point, there is a tipping point where the damage is going to be, um, it's going to be permanent. People are not going to be able to make the decisions to remain open if they are only operating at this very, very modest level. Well, I mean, listen, you know, I agree with you wholeheartedly, and it is confusing with, you know, being in the D.C. metro area with different rules and regulations, you know, just over the river or over, you know, crossing the line. So it, it's hard for people to figure out what's going on. But, you know, you and I have already talked this week. Uh, one of the biggest stories uh, is that now everybody is hiring, right? Like if you go through my Instagram feed, not my personal one, but if you look at what I'm looking at, it's, uh, we're hiring, we're hiring, we're hiring, which is amazing, except that there's not the people to fill that role. And you and I have talked all year during this pandemic, but pre-pandemic, pre-pandemic, there was already a shortage. And now yeah. it seems like it's worse. So what are you hearing? What's happening? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible, Nick. I mean, our industry thought we had a workforce crisis before COVID-19, but now, as operators look to reopen further and prepare for what we think will be a busier summer and fall, it's a major concern and an area where we are we are quickly working on solutions, but we're also dealing with the reality that a lot of people left the industry. A lot of workers left the industry for a few reasons. One is the, the uh, pandemic impacted them in personal ways where they also had to make life choices um, that included leaving the district and moving elsewhere or back to their hometowns if they were not from DC to either take care of loved ones or to be able to save on rent and other expenses that are really very real when you're furloughed. Um, mm -hmm. And then I, I think, yeah, the challenge is as many consumers are getting vaccinated and they're you know, somewhat looking forward to returning to dining and other recreational activities, the demand is so high and their restaurants are ready to hire up, but they cannot find people. And we are going to have to really be solutions focused on how mm -hmm. we are connecting workers with these opportunities because we have to reset in a way that is building back this workforce that was so robust previously. Right, because we're not just talking servers. I mean, we're talking front of the house and back of the house. I mean, this hits yeah. both sides, right? So um, there's a, a lot of work to be done. Um, is RMW working with restaurants? We talked about instigating programs, you know, over a year ago. I mean, are those back in play or but be or is it because where we still are with the pandemic that we can't execute them yet? We can't reach the students. We can't reach the people to give them the training necessary to enter in what can be a very lucrative career. Yeah, I mean, Nick, it's it's so complex. We have amazing programs like ProStart 
in very mm -hmm. specific schools in the district and the pause on all kinds of learning modules has also impacted the way in which these students can move through the program because so much of it was based on in-person interaction and training that is needed in the industry. Um, and to rethink that entire platform, while I, not, while I am not a technology expert and I am not an educator, what I am trying to do is at least push the program to reconsider platforms so that we can get out of this pause. But again, mm -hmm. the mayor has to move things forward so that it is more coordinated in how we are taking the steps forward. Because as you see, the impact is even here. We have 300 mm -hmm. students. 300 students currently who are in ProStart just in DC. They showed interest immediately. They started the program and everything was paused for obvious reasons, but we need those people trained now. We need right. more people trained going right. forward. Right, I hear you. All right, Kath, I really appreciate you always popping in and giving us the latest update. Um, it's, I, I mean, it's so amazing. Like when I think about what we were talking about just three months ago, I mean, every time we talk, there's just new things happening. And, and fortunately it feels like it's getting better. So I hope when I talk to you on air in two weeks, we'll see even more progress. Kathy Hollinger, Restaurant Association of Metropolitan Washington. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. All right, with that, well, we're gonna take a quick break, but when we come back, we are talking about the gift shop and the kind of shopping you should be doing in the DC Metro area. This is Nikki Nellis. I'll be back in just a sec. Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Real fun DC. Now back to Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. And we're back on Industry Night with uh, me, Nikki Nellis on Real Fun DC. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, as I stated in the beginning of the show, um, Eric Bruner Yang uh, hooked me up with the guys who launched the gift shop, uh, creative theory agency. Um, I had talked with Gary Williams, uh, who was one of the co-founders on Foodie and the Beast over the weekend. And we just had such a fabulous uh, talk. And I felt like we really only got to the beginning. So uh, Kamon George, who is a co-founder as well of the creative theory agency, he and Gary are behind the gift shop. So, um, Simone, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, what's your background? Yeah, great. Thanks for having me, Nikki. Um, sure. This is uh, this is a fun conversation for us to have today. Uh, Wale, Taylor, Tom, Destiny, so grateful to y'all. We have to dedicate some time and pop on and chat today with myself and, and Nikki as well. I don't think I've met all of you before, actually, so this is even fun for me to kind of sit down and, and catch up with y'all. Um, so super, super grateful for that. Um, a little bit about me. I'm actually Canadian born, strangely enough. I ended up in the district about 10 years ago. Um, from there, I kind of identified a few different entrepreneurial paths for myself. Uh, Co-founding Creative Theory Agency uh, is being the first of that. Um, what's really interesting, Creative Theory as a whole is a creative agency based on uh, the idea of representation and inclusion. We started our company way back in 2015. And the conversations that we're having now did not exist at that particular time. Uh, we grew our company just from uh, the two of us, Gary and myself, as you mentioned before, uh, of which I'm the CEO, and uh, to now a, a mere and 20-person team. Uh, we work with companies like Google, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Under Armour, Netflix, 
um, Capital One, uh, some really cool clients who are thinking really innovatively about how brands in general correct, connect with creative communities and communities of color. Uh, one of the things that we know uh, that we believe as a, as a company, uh, both externally and internally, is that although we're small, it's, it's also our duty to, to continue to support businesses uh, in our city. You know, the city has afforded us a lot of benefit uh, in that we've been connected to great people who can kind of show us the way and, and help us build our business as well. Uh, mm -hmm. But ultimately, we know it's our responsibility to make sure that we can make more creative theories, more successful businesses, more uh, entrepreneurs who, who have opportunities to, to be successful in this arena. Um, gift shop is really just a, as kind of an extension of who we are and what we believe as an agency. You know, we took that idea of how can we create another platform to support creatives of color uh, in the city and, and it, whether if it was not the gift shop, it would have been something else. Uh, this is us reinvesting in our community and finding a way to support the great, amazing businesses that we come across every single day. Well, uh, let's we'll, talk about that. Can we yeah. just talk about, so, I mean, here you, you're in essence, you know, sort of this marketing brand agency with amazing ideas and you're working with, you know, international partners. Um, and then now you're, you do have a focus locally with the gift shop. How did you get in touch with, who got in touch with who? You know, did Jody from Eden's contact you, Jody McLean? Like Eden's, love him or hate him, Eden's is a visionary. I like them because I have a good relationship with them, but I know lots of people in the Union Market District, it's like hit or miss, but they are visionaries when it came to that area and developing that, the area the way they did. Um, how did you hook up with them and, and you know, create this concept? Yeah, so we, we've had a great relationship with Eden for the last uh, half decade or so. Mm -hmm. um, Jody, who's the CEO, is a good friend of ours. Um, you know, what's interesting, even our first office, well, really our second office uh, was on Eden's property, right? So okay. we have been creative partners for, for many years uh, for the developers down there in Union Market. And they completely see the vision uh, that we have for how we want to build our business creative theory agency and mm -hmm. kind of our adjoining creative and, and kind of crazy ideas that we want to bring to the table as well. Uh, but in terms of how we brought Gift Shop to life, really, um, there's a few things that happened. Uh, some of them were more advantageous than other, but ultimately we had a smaller location in the market uh, and our team was growing rapidly. We needed greater square footage as well. Uh, so then mm -hmm. that number one kind of led us into needing to, to get more real estate acquired there. Uh, but then also to what we, from working with um, Google as much as we do in the last few years, uh, we also knew that there is a significant uptick last year in uh, people, all people searching for black owned blank, it could be black owned businesses, shirts, restaurants, mm -hmm. anything, right? And uh, unless you're in the community in these particular conversations in a really frequent way, you have no idea where to enter this kind of lane to shop black owned, right? Mm -hmm. um, so for then we took that as kind of a signal that we could create a destiny location uh, so that if you're not introduced or not uh, kind of in the know in terms of black owned businesses, at least this can be a starting place for you. From there, you can fall in love with the brands that we have uh, in the store and continue to support and share their message message uh, there afterwards. So, you know, it was kind of like chicken meets the egg. You know, we, we've had a great relationship there. And uh, so uh -huh. typically when we bring a really solid and sound idea to them and, and they know who we are and what we do and what we're about, uh, usually the answer ends up being a yes, but ultimately it's a, it's a sound fundamental business uh, at the same time as it is one that supports uh, the community that we, we want to support. Well, I mean, listen, it's 
it's hard to believe that it's the first of its kind in this city, but I'm, I, I'm sure everybody here is thrilled that they can be a part of it. How did you go about setting it up? Who, how did you guys work together to be like, okay, this is the general aesthetic. These are the kinds of things we want here. And did you do like a Shark Tank kind of thing? How did you bring in different makers and creators? Yeah, so I think part of our value add as an agency is our, you know, proximity to, to black creators in the city. Uh, and so mm -hmm. we really didn't have to look very far to fill every single shelf in the gift shop. And when we talk about how, you know, if you're in the know, if you're in that community, you know a lot of these brands inherently because they're your friends or a friend of a friend. Right. Mm -hmm. So for us, it was it was pretty simple to find uh, the right retail mix um, based on, you know, who we have in our community. Um, but also what we wanted to do is build a really unique brand experience. Right. So when people walk into the store, it should feel like something special. It should feel like something different. Um, mm -hmm. And how we kind of went about doing that is we, we, we kind of made an internal focus group to some extent of like our team. Right. Our team represents uh, the our kind of target client. Our team represents the, the creative community of the city. Uh, and mm -hmm. from there, it was pretty easy for us to to build together the right retail mix. And, and you know, ultimately, we're thinking about who needs an opportunity like this, who's ready for it, who can we help uh, prepare for an opportunity like this to get their 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 product in front of this many people. Uh, mm -hmm. And so from there, it was kind of like, you know, we have lifestyle, we have, you know, smaller goods, we have some larger items, uh, then it was just kind of getting the right kind of price port stuff together and uh, turning the lights on. And, and, but you're not an incubator, right? So you're not helping, these are full flown, uh, full blown, excuse me, businesses that are, are ready for prime time, but you're gonna rotate new ones in, new ones out. How is, how is that process going to work? Yeah, so technically, right, that, that's correct. This is not an incubator, but what it is, is an on-ramp, right? And there, that right. might just be a little bit of semantics, but- um, No, I don't do think so. Is... I don't think I don't think that's a semantic. There is a big difference, yeah. you know, because some people right. who are in incubators are not, they, they're, they're getting ready and they're looking to people like you to help them make that next step. But it sounds like what's happening at the gift shop is these people are ready for prime time. They don't, they're not looking to, you know, they're not looking for your help. They're just looking for access. Right, absolutely. And I think, you know, when we look at uh, what our retail mix is now and who we're going to rotate in, you know, what we also have here now is data, right? Of, of mm -hmm. who comes in, whose products are moving quickly, et cetera, et cetera. You know, this is data that we're passing back to, to retailers uh, and that they're, now they're able to use that information to help scale and, and mm -hmm. kind of grow their business as well. But in terms of who's kind of coming in and coming out, um, you know, it, we're, we're not that old to, to say that we have all those answers figured out and sorted out already. Um, mm -hmm. But we do know that the brands that have been really successful um, inside the shop, we know we're going to bring them back because the customers who are walking in the doors are asking for them. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, feedback is usually the best way to go about doing any sort of business, right? Absolutely. All right, Shimon, we're, we're going to come back to you uh, at the end of the show because I want to sort of roundtable this a little bit. But first up are my guests, uh, Wale and Tom from Rivers Wild. Gentlemen, unmute yourself, please. Thank hello. you so much. Hi. Hi. Hi hello. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's, um, I'm very excited to have you both on. Thank you both for joining us. Um, so who would like to tell me what Rivers Wild is all about? Um, I get, you, know, you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> you got, um, you got it. 
yeah no so we've been we've been trying to fine-tune our elevator pitch of what it is um for a couple years now but mm -hmm. i think the most straightforward way to say it is it's an exploration of esoteric blackness mm -hmm. so um whether it's um because um i'm i was born in nigeria so whether mm -hmm. um you know nigeria my nigerian roots or tom is from philly we are always trying to find things about blackness that have always been there that have always been around but like sometimes we miss because you know either we're not being educated properly or mm -hmm. we we just don't have access to certain um pieces of information so we're always trying to explore that and the first um place that we looked to was our childhoods so mm -hmm. we we for the past couple of years, we've been kind of going through this series of exploring our childhoods and picking these nuggets of universal blackness that most people in the diaspora might be able to connect to, whether it's a feeling, a color, or like just a vibe, but they might not necessarily have a word to describe it. So that's what River is Wild is. And it's it's about that bridging that gap and that connection. Um, so you feel like if that when somebody sees it, they get it. They just it it resonates with them. They feel it. They feel it oh, more than <clears> anything. <throat> I I well you know I, I can't speak for everybody, but I, right. I feel like they feel it. And a lot of people that we've had conversations with, they're like, oh, this reminds me of my grandma's this or that. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, because my grandma did the exact same thing. So it it makes sense. And what does that look like as a, a product? How does that get, how do you guys take that and bring it to the gift shop? Um, so we we do it in, in many different ways. Um, sometimes it's, it's with graphics that are a lot more explicit. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's with the, the colors that we choose. Um, sometimes it's, it's just based on, I guess, a feeling like um, I'll give one example. Um, there's an album I grew up on by Femi Kuti called Shoki Shoki. And mm -hmm. it has a very green tint um, on the album cover. And for me, it's like the thing that kind of changed my life, like that album changed my life because before that, a lot of the Afrobeats um, music I listened to was long form, you know, it was like mm -hmm. 15 minute songs. And this was a guy doing it in two minutes, three minutes. And it just, it felt more mine than like the previous generation. So mm -hmm. something like that green tent appears a lot in a lot of our collections as a reminder of like, this was a starting point. This was something significant in our lives that happened. Um, and it could be something as, as trivial as that to something more visible. And we mm -hmm. always try to mix it into the brand. And Tom, how do you two work together? Are you just both creative forces and you throw things against the wall? How do you guys, how do you guys work together? Um, very fluently, uh, not start starting, originally starting the brain and not being in the same city together. We knew that was going to be a challenge, mm -hmm. um, but we've, we've made it. I think we're like six years in now. Um, it's just, we just kind of just formed like Voltron and just mesh. <laughs> yeah, and, and what do you guys have at the gift shop now like what are the sort of things that people can look for and they can say oh this is river is wild that it's it's identifiable 
Um, not to not trying to toot our own horns, but luckily, no, 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 that's the whole point of the show. <laughs> by the graces of horn. God, um, a lot of our piece, some of our pieces have sold out. Um, we've had t-shirts, hoodies, sweatpants, um, accessories. Yeah. So, and you know, with logo stuff or just our graphics that people know from our storytelling of almost a span of six years, people just can look and know that's our product. And you guys design it and then you source the other products and then it winds up, I mean, you're not just selling at the gift shop. I assume you have other outlets for the things that you are doing, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah, we, we have a couple of retailers, sorry. <laughs> we have a couple of retailers um, across the country that we sell to. But um, mm -hmm. the, the really special thing about the gift shop is it's it's home, essentially, for us. Mm -hmm. um, because, like I said, I'm from Nigeria, but I spent half my life in PG County. So mm -hmm. this is home just as much as Nigeria for me. And we've always kind of looked for a, a home base, um, so to say. And mm -hmm. it just kind of all aligned. Um, and I guess um, I, I do want to use this opportunity to say thank you to <laughs> Taman and- uh -huh. right, Yeah, thank you to both on. of you. Yeah, um, yeah it just, it just kind of worked out. Um, we were in between collections, but we were about to do a pop-up and they reached out and it made perfect sense. So mm. it's been cool to have something at home that we're not even, we consciously didn't advertise it too much because we mm -hmm. wanted to see how organically people would just gravitate towards it. And it's been going really well. Um, That's we've amazing. Been, we've, been, we've been putting the word out a little bit more now because at the end of the day, you want to move product. Um, sure. But yeah. It, it, just, is, it is a store, right? Yeah. And you guys are selling products. So yeah. that does yeah. make sense. But it, it's been it's been great. Um, it's been honestly the, one of the more the the best um retail relationships we've ever had because it's also kind of a testing ground because before that we sold a lot online and mm -hmm. yeah we have a couple of retailers across the country that we sell to but this is the most organic and i'll say personal relationship that we've had i feel like well, and do you feel that um it gives you an ability to collaborate maybe with people that you weren't like do you have a different relationship with the guests there? Are you hearing more feedback from people? Are people like, hey, I want X or give me more Y? Is there a more, I don't know, communication with your uh, with your clients? Yeah, definitely. So um, I go in every other week. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll go in, I'll just hang out for a little bit and just like watch people shop, you know, watch how long somebody picks up one of our hats and buys it or just puts it back down, you know, like all that is useful information to see what mm -hmm. people are naturally gravitating toward. Um, a lot of times I don't tell people who I am. Um, mm -hmm. or, You're not I, like, hey, that's my out. cat. No, no. But <laughs> um, at some point, somebody eventually does, like somebody in the shop will be like, hey, that guy actually made that hat. And then right. we, we have a conversation <laughs> or whatever. But um, yeah, usually we, we it's been it's been very very valuable to just be in the space and like just see how people interact with it and it's also really interesting because again we do a lot of direct to consumer online mm -hmm. but there are things that don't move online just because you know you can't see it you can't touch, touch it. it yeah you don't know how good the quality is mm -hmm. and we brought it to the shop and it was gone That's in great. Like less than a week so 
those things are are definitely very valuable to us and we look forward to a, a continued partnership in that way great oh um great i mean um it's so exciting what you both are doing and i mean you've been in the business for a while so you know what works and what doesn't work you know you always have to try new things um but this one seems like it's um an excellent an excellent way to communicate with a growing market, not just a new market for you both. Okay, up next, I'm talking to Destiny Sweeney Durant of Destiny Cache. She is also a maker. She produces her own products. Destiny, thank you so much for joining me. Hi. Hi, thank you so much. How are you doing? I'm doing well and yourself? I'm very good. So let's talk about you and your journey and how you wound up with uh, your own business. Absolutely. So um, I would say I was always an entrepreneur, even if it was, you know, when you're seven years old selling lemonade outside of my house to in college having a company called Pump Buttons, um, kind of sourcing vintage jewelry and other items to create um, heart-shaped uh, pendants. Um, Destiny's Cache is a very, very special um, project of mine. Um, it actually started um, once my grandma had passed away. So it was kind of like a healing project. Um, I wanted to find a way to honor her legacy um, as well as incorporate kind of how I grew up. My mom has always been into art. Representation has been very important in my household, whether that be the art that's on my wall, um, the dolls I would play with, um, even sweatshirts. You know, growing up, you wouldn't always see um, even like a Santa Claus sweatshirt that would look like you. I had the mom that would go get the paint from Michael's, paint it, and then I, I would wear the sweatshirt. Mm -hmm. So Destiny's Cache really started as a healing project and kind of merging um, the two most important women in my life, as well as my community um, into, the, into the products that I create. And I focus on uh, lifestyle products, um, home decor products and um, also um, coming out with bridal accessories as well. Mm. Um, kind of also growing up, seeing my grandma take so much pride when people would come over the house, families and friends, nobody was a stranger, um, whether it be her cooking a delicious meal, um, pulling out her china or her glasses to serve, um, you know, our family and friends and just kind of having that joyous atmosphere is something that uh, resonates with me on a daily basis. And then also incorporating um, just my mom's love for art and always having art around me and drawing and expressing myself. So that is kind of what created me to go into a lane of lifestyle products, mm -hmm. um, especially with, you know, when you go out to the Macy's of the world or the TJ Maxx's of the world or the Nordstrom, you don't see enough products that look like me um, or my community. So I took it upon myself to kind of start creating products um, that represent kind of all of us, especially people of color, um, because representation is important and Black people are not a monolith and we come in all colors, shapes, sizes, um, ethnic Back backgrounds. Backgrounds, and, and, and you know, socioeconomics, effort, nobody Absolutely. is one thing. Exactly. And, and a lot of times you see products and, you know, you may see one person on the product that looks like you, but 
They don't have the same hair color as you. Their hair is not straight. They have natural hair. Um, their body shape may not be the same. So I really do try to make it a mission to be inclusive um, and just kind of just keep creating products that represent all of us and people of color. Well, so I think that's so important. I mean, for everybody, really, because um, we all want to see ourselves reflected in different ways. Tell us about some of these products. What are some of the products? What do they look like? Uh, what can people look for at the gift shop so they have a good idea of the, the things that you're creating? No, absolutely. And I would first say that the gift shop is such a sacred place. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say kind of for us, I am boo-boo. Um, and, and it's been a joy being in, in the gift shop. Um, some of the main items I would say, I would say that our, our people love <laughs> going to the gift shop and buying would be like my playing cards. So um, I've been in the gift shop. Um, I saw a young lady pick up the cards and she said, oh my God, I'm buying these cards because um, we're, um, we're taking my mother to her 60th birthday to New Orleans. We're going to play spades with these. These are going to be awesome when we play spades. So mm -hmm. Destiny's Cachet gets to be a part of those intimate memories and experiences. Um, another item that you can find in the gift shop is my rich auntie juice uh, wine bags. Mm -hmm. I'm the type of girl, I love luxury in my everyday life. That can be me putting strawberries in my ice, freezing it and putting it in my water. But mm -hmm. I believe that, you know, a little bit of luxury in your everyday life is important. Self-care is important. Um, so just creating products that especially, you know, we're out, it's quarantine. Hopefully as the summer, um, hopefully as we get into the summer, uh, you know, we'll be able to hang out a little bit more with our friends. So you know, having a, a wine bag that says rich auntie juice, you know, you can put your rosé in there, you can put your white wine in there, you can put your champagne in there, you can be outside with your friends just enjoying yourself while mm -hmm. also looking fabulous. Right, I love that. It sounds to me like you're not just doing uh, products, but it sounds almost like you're looking to showcase a lifestyle, like a lifestyle guru. Well, yes, I, I long term plan. Have, <laughs> is that a long term plan? I feel like this is a long term plan. <laughs> I wouldn't say maybe a lifestyle guru, but maybe giving a, a little piece of of um, things I do in my everyday life. And I think with 2020, self care is just so important. Mm -hmm. And taking that time to rest, taking that time to enjoy, and and Black people having joy and expressing that and laughing and having a good time with your family and friends. So um, just want to create products that, that just make us feel seen. Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, and I thank you for that and sharing that. I'm going to take a quick break and then we're going to talk to uh, Taylor Salmon about her uh, candles, which are gorgeous. Uh, this is Nikki Nellis. It's industry night on Real Fun DC. We're talking about the gift shop. And if you haven't been, I don't know why. We'll be back in just a sec. Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Real Fun DC. <sighs> Serving up thought for food. Now back to Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. And we're back. It's Nikki Nellis on Industry Night on Real Fun DC. Don't forget to follow me at NYCCI and E-L-L-I-S on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Not really on Facebook, really Instagram and Twitter, but some of that stuff gets posted on Facebook. Um, anyway, I'm excited to continue our conversation 
with some of the makers that are featured at the gift shop in the Union Market District. Uh, up next with me is uh, Taylor Salmon. She is with Cadence Candle Co. Hi, how are you? Hi. Thank you Thank so you much for joining me. me. Oh, well, it's a pleasure. So, uh, Taylor, let's talk about your background and how you got in the candle biz. Because it's not every day people wake up and are like, yeah, I want to make candles. Exactly. And I think it just, it kind of just fit with what I was doing. I guess I'll say what I needed. My background is more so in real estate and in government contracting. They're completely different from candles. But what I find, and I think a lot of people find, is that essentially living in D.C. and you have your day-to-day -day work, you become busy, you become overwhelmed. And for me, I felt like I needed to find a self-care method or a wellness method, which is something I think everyone needs. And for me, a way to just escape and relax and kind of almost learn more about myself and really speak to myself was just through candles and music. And that's how Cadence Candle Company came about. Essentially, it's a candle company, um, but with every scent, we try to pair a playlist or a musical playlist that in a, in a way matches the feeling or the vibe that this scent gives off. And that is essentially the how Cadence Candle Company came about. That is so cool. So how do you do that? Like, first of all, let's talk about how you bake the candles, because I mean, in the last 15 years, it's like a candle explosion out there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there are well-made candles and then not so well-made candles. So how did you go about deciding the kind of products you would use, the scents you would use, the aesthetic of your line? What was it that you were looking to do? Well, again, it's just back to the wellness. So in terms of their aesthetic, I really wanted to have a candle that was very minimal and very plain, but also it didn't distract you like from what you wanted to do and find peace. So the, our candles are black or white with black writing. They're very simplistic. And our packaging are all colors that bring a sense of peace and calmness and tranquility to you. So they're very soft, like tone colors. They're beautiful colors. But that's how the aesthetic is uh, looks essentially. And then in terms of the candle, I wanted a candle that was uh, obviously had a good fragrance load so that you're smelling your candles throughout the home that you're in or the space that you're in, but also that were non-toxic. Some of the candles have parabens or phthalates, which are essentially toxins that are not good long-term for your respiratory system. Um, and it can also be harmful to animals. And so our candles are non-toxic. Obviously, um, you know, you can recycle them and use them again as maybe a plant holder or a pencil holder, but um, they're sustainable in that case, but they're also, you know, non-toxic. And um, in terms of the scents, they, we use essential oils. Our fragrances are pretty unique. Um, they're pretty one of a kind. I like to use fragrances that essentially ignite a feeling or mood. Um, and that's, essentially what you know the sense i want to create a vibe or a feeling or an energy um well, that's, and I want can you explain how those scents come together like are you mad scientisting you know sort of like different oils and figuring out like what i mean obviously it's what you like but do you mm -hmm. how do you experiment and how do you come up with original scents and i also also have to ask because some candles you light and if you're up close you can smell it but then that's mm -hmm. it. And then some candles you light and like you could smell the mile away. How do you get the perfect balance? Asking for um, a friend. Comes with, yeah, sir, sorry, it comes with testing. So in the beginning I was making my candles. We started 
just February of 2019. So we're a little over two years old. And then uh, recently last year, I partnered with a manufacturer to make the candles perfectly, you know, find the perfect balance between the scent and the soy wax is what we use. Um, and so they manufacture now, but in terms of finding the scent. So for instance, if you've ever smelled lavender, you'll know that lavender has very therapeutic qualities um, and, or like a white tea type of scent. And so one of our candles called Levitate pretty much calms you. It's super calming and almost reminds me of a four season spa. And so, um, and that was the intention with that candle. And that's how the scents come, come about. And so we paired that with a classical playlist. So it sometimes it starts with the intent. Sometimes it depends on the different samples we get with our manufacturers or I'll find a scent and I'll ask them to make it um, in-house. And so that's kind of, it's just a collaboration process. And how many, so right now, how many do you have available? How many different scents? We have seven different scents right now. And what's your favorite? My favorite is Levitate, but mm -hmm. it's got white tea thyme and uh, bergamot. It's a really yeah. calming scent, my favorite. So Taylor, what are some of the best sellers? Um, our best seller is Better Days. And Better Days is a mix of cardamom, oudwood, and patchouli. It's essentially a very smoky, but also spicy scent. You've got the oudwood, which brings in the woody fragrances. And then you've got cardamom, which is a kind of spicy scent. It's got a spicy hint to it. And um, Okay, so Taylor, what are some of the best sellers right now? Our best seller is Better Days. It's got a mix of Oudwood, patchouli, and cardamom. So mm -hmm. it's a unisex scent, but more on the woody side. And it's got a nice hint of spice to it. Um, and also very cologne. -y. So that one usually sells out pretty quickly. And it's been a customer favorite. Well, that's so exciting. Um, it seems like a real departure business-wise from what you used to do. Um, so how are you finding the business at the gift shop? Like, how did you find that for yourself? Um, I just knew Taman. He's a good friend. Okay. And so, um, when he told me he was opening up the gift shop, um, it was an opportunity to sell my candles. And we talked about it and his uh, team tried some of the scents out and chose the best few that they liked. And mm -hmm. it's been a good run. Um, I think we're the sold all out, but we'll be restocked next week, but <laughs> it's been That's a good, good run. Yeah. Well, on that note, let's go back to Taman. Taman, um, so you have all these makers here who have joined us today and some of them are friends of yours, but I'd like to know a little bit more about sort of the curation and how, how you're working with sort of each of these makers here. Do you get feedback that you share? What's, what's next step? Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a great journey thus far. Uh, I think we're still kind of quantifying some of that information that we're getting back, uh, you know, but I think honestly, we, what, the thing that's been really uh, amazing to see for, for us is the relationships that we're building with some of the brands that are in the in the gift shop you know it, it's we are in a creative space as an agency and so for us one of the most important things we can do is stay continue to stay connected to really creative people in the city uh and so whether it's in you know arts or fine art or or fashion or lifestyle brands or anything of that nature it is just great for us to build those relationships we kind of see it as 
we're creating a, a cohort of, of, you know, great makers and, and shakers in the city, all of which we're going to be connected with for the next several, several decades. So, you know, we're, we're, we're continuing to try and invest in these relationships, make all the folks who have products in the gift shop happy. Uh, we're really interested in taking their feedback and turning that into, you know, ways that we can even further collaborate and build out the mission of the gift shop. This is really just kind of the first step uh, in how we can support some of the businesses in the city. Well, I love that. And I love that I have some of the people who are at the start of it, right? So, you know, Rivers Wild and Destiny's Cache and uh, Cadence Candle Co. Like all of you are here for the launch of the gift shop. So you get to participate at this like really creative time. Um, Wale and Tom with Rivers Wild, what's next for you guys? What can we look forward to seeing from you all? Uh, definitely new pieces. Um new items mm -hmm. from us outside of clothing um yeah like can you give us a little uh hint? one of my favorites i can't yet because can we, we haven't figured out how to ship it yet <laughs> but okay. when we figure it well, out we'll okay see okay i want like a personal note i i'll, I'll give you a it. hint okay you can use it with one of the I want other you can use it with one of the brand owner one of the other brand owners products Okay, so there's a partnership. It's not necessarily a partnership, but collaboration, collaboration uh, is a of, of the minds, yeah, ish. annoyingly. Okay, well, that's actually one of the questions I was going to ask. Like, now that you're all in this space together, and maybe you all didn't know each other before, are there any collabs happening other than what you guys just hinted at? You didn't tell me much, but um. So uh, like, are you guys, like Taylor, are you finding ways to maybe work with maybe Destiny, like because there's some synergy? Oops, you're on mute. Taylor, you're on mute. I know. Right, absolutely. Okay, I'm thinking, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm thinking like there's a scent that Destiny could come up with and then you guys can do the marketing together. I don't know. I think there's some like good ways for collaborations. Um, which I assume the gift shop is all about, right, Taman? Like getting all these people together who don't necessarily know each other as a way to further what they're already doing. Yeah, no, it, it sure is. And I think, you know, that's the fundamental of, of who we are as a company. It's the fundamental of kind of everything we've been able to pull off over the years. It took a lot of really great people doing great work to even, you know, uh, build out the gift shop and turn it, turn it into the destination that it is. Uh, for all the all your all the listeners who are on, you know, it's 1258 4th Street North Northeast in Washington D.C. Uh, you know, we have mm -hmm. a big sign out front, so you can't miss it. And we we certainly encourage anybody who hasn't been through the doors yet uh, to come on in, take a peek, uh, see the experience, and we're excited for the weather to kind of break up and turn up a little bit in the next little bit, so we can continue to find more ways to activate, bring people in, and have fun. Because uh, really what we're just trying to do is kind of spread that positivity about the great work that we see every single day because we're in that community. Um, but ultimately, we're trying to get more people to fall in love and, and take action to support some of these really amazing businesses. Taylor, Tom, Wale, Destiny, it's great to catch up with y'all. Thank you, thank you so much for having us. It's been a great time. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Before you go, um, just quickly, uh, Taylor, tell us where we can find you on Instagram. Please give us your handle. At Cadence Candle Company, Cadence Candle Co. Okay, great. So we can all find what you're doing there and you keep it up to date. Uh, Destiny, please tell us where we can find you online so that we can check out all your fabulous products. 
Yes. So online, um, my website is destinies, D-E-S-T-I-N-Y-S, cache, mm-hmm. C-A-C-H-E.com. And that was, and it's also destinies cache on Instagram. Excellent. And I can't wait to see what you guys collaborate on and the new scent that comes out with it. Um, and uh, Rivers Wild, where do we find you guys? Uh, you can oh. find us uh, at Rivers Wild. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, that's Excellent. it. Excellent. So and, Okay. And at Rivers Sorry. Wild. Okay, great. Okay. And Taman, just lastly, tell us where we can find the gift shop on Instagram, please. At this here gift shop and feel free while anyone is added, follow at Creative Theory Agency as well. Absolutely. Okay. I want to thank you all for joining me today. What an amazing panel discussion today. If you have not been down to the gift shop, I really highly recommend you check it out. It is really hard to believe that it's the first retailer that is focused solely on Black-owned lifestyle and home good brands and makers, but their uh, variety and selection and the kinds of things that they're selling there is really amazing. And what's really fascinating about it is that it will constantly be updating itself with new makers and new products so that you're constantly trying out new things. So I do want to thank all my guests today uh, for joining me. Uh, Of course, Kathy Hollinger from the Restaurant Association of Metropolitan Washington, Wale Akinbaye, and Thomas Davis of Rivers is Wild, Destiny Sweeney Durant of Destiny Cache, Taylor Salmon of Cadence Candle Co., and the man who helped me put this all together, Timon George, co-founder and CEO of the Creative Theory Agency and also the people behind the gift shop. I want to thank you, too, for joining me on Industry Night on Real Fun DC. Of course, you follow me at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, please be safe out there. The light is at the end of the tunnel, but you still have to wear a mask. You still have to socially distance and you still have to hand sanitize. If you haven't gotten vaccinated, go do it. Have a delicious week. It's industry night with Nikki Nellis. Thanks for listening to Real Fun DC. 